Welcome to Hope Between the Lines. My name is Dan Herod, and as always, it is my joy to be on this journey with you on this very fine day. Today, I'm having a really great conversation with my friend, Kelly Patrick, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a minute. But at the end of last season, I shared some pretty great news as to why we are pausing production on Hope Between the Lines, and I have some great news to share with you. The book that I paused this podcast to complete is almost ready for launch. The next book that I've been working on is a bit of a revamp of my last book, which was called Suffer Well. This new book, The Three Mile Valley, changing our conversations about life and loss, is set to hit the shelves early 2023. And to be honest, I could not be more excited because it has been an absolute labor of love to get this book to where it is today. And even the amazing story behind all the videos that go with it and the timing of all of that and when it's finally coming to light, I just have to say I'm excited. But with that said, it is time to meet my friend Kelly Patrick. She is a Youth Alive missionary in the great state of Minnesota, which is where I initially hail from. And her and I sit down to have a pretty honest and encouraging conversation about life, finding hope through the difficult times, and even what it means to be present in the moment with what God has placed you on this planet to do. So with all that said, and without further ado, here we go. Kelly Patrick, welcome to Hope Between the Lines. Thank you for having me. Oh, I can't wait to have this conversation with you. We've been working hard to find a time to sit down and it finally happened. And so uh, for every listener, I just want you to know that you are in for a treat today. Uh, Kelly, one thing that I really appreciate about you is that you always walk into a room with life. Like every time, I've walked into a room where you are, there's a cool smile on your face and it's genuine, it's sincere, it's full of joy and life. And, and you just have a level of uh, presence that is very special and unique. And uh, the best way I can say it is that you bring life with you and I love it. And uh, so I just want to say thanks for making the time to chat today and I uh, can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man. It's funny that you say that because I don't know if I always bring a good life, but I bring life. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's cool is that we're going to party with Kelly and you can you can party or not. Like, it's up to you. <laughs> um, and that's what you just did right there is one of my favorite things, that genuine laugh. Uh, it's very life-giving. Uh, I think when people have your type of laugh, I call it audible sunshine. It just... Yeah it's warm. It's inviting. It, it puts people at ease. It, it helps people smile. It's just great. It's just great. So Kelly, I got a question. Um, would you rather go skydiving or scuba diving? Oh, that is absolutely a horrible question. Cause I wouldn't do either. I am like fearful of sharks <laughs> and, oh. and, and fish. Yep. Nope. When I'm in a lake, like my feet and arms are like above the water when I'm in the lake. <laughs> And also I have a huge fear of heights. So I would probably just say I would never be able to skydive. So probably scuba diving. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think everyone who has ever floated on a little raft on a lake can appreciate what you're saying. Because <laughs> especially in like 
because in where you live in Minnesota, there's a bunch of lakes. I live in Wisconsin. There's a bunch of lakes. And sometimes when you feel something nibble. Oh, of course. You're like, what was that? (laughs) It's usually like the smallest little fish too, but. For sure. sure. Um, So life has a way of just kind of being funny. And one of my most embarrassing moments was when I started in youth ministry um, as an intern, like 22, 23 years ago, I was serving with my friend, Pastor Rick Santiago, and uh, he's youth pastoring in Blaine, Minnesota. And he trusted me to lead the music for the midweek youth service. And so I remember um, playing my heart out in front of students, had my guitar, and nobody was engaged. Nobody. <laughs> and so after the first song, like I, I look at the bass player. I'm like, what should I do? And that was my first mistake, huge rookie mistake. And he and he was like, he was like revival, revival, revival. And like he was ready to hit prayer hard and get people down front. And like he like people are down front weeping, the Lord's moving. That's kind of his paradigm. It's not bad, it's just the way he thought. And so I'm desperate. And so he's like, call everybody down front. <laughs> So I, I lean into the mic and I'm like, okay, everybody, I want, I want everyone to come forward. And guess how many people moved? Three. Zero. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. And so my embarrassment ometer uh, broke the mercury at the top. Like, I'm just so embarrassed because no one's responding. And But then I made it worse. I made it worse by leaning into the microphone and and saying, please. <laughs> <laughs> Did they come? Not a soul move. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. And so, like, I know I turned uh, Bob the Tomato shade of red. I know that happened. Like, I was so embarrassed. And just plowed through the next song, got off the stage as fast as I could. I wanted to crawl into a hole and never see the light of day again. So that was fun. Um, but I'm curious, uh, you don't have to share an embarrassing moment, but tell me about like an amazing moment or a funny moment in your life that kind of comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was thinking about this question as you're talking of like embarrassing, funny moments. And that's probably like, every single day of our lives with me being a person that like my husband's like think before you speak because I rarely do that um I could study proverbs my whole entire life because that's what the Lord wrote it for me but um (laughs) yeah with being that kind of personality and just being very open with people about our lives and then having four boys so we always have like just funny moments in our household where me and my husband look at each other and we're like what just happened um an amazing moment probably happened this last September, just kind of um, shook me a little bit, kind of just made me realize like, man, people are watching. Um, Mm -hmm. I was meeting with a student in a Panera and we were just talking about her and life. And she just led or went to see you at the pool, led to you at the pool this last year, just kind of checking in, see how she was doing. And we were in Panera for probably like an hour, hour and a half. 
And at the end, I was like, hey, let's pray about what we talked about today before I take off. And we just said a prayer really quick. And then I went over to the fountain uh, drink machine to just grab some more, something to drink. And when I went over there, um, this girl from the table next to us, and I had noticed her like as we were talking, kind of glanced over at her a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> so I knew who she was when she walked up to me, but she goes, hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I have no idea who you are. And um, she goes, I saw I saw you praying over there. And she's like, what church do you go to? Hmm. And, I, and I'm in a town that's not my own. And it's a college town. And she's obviously like a college student. And um, I was like, well, I mean, I go to a, I go to a church like two hours from here because I'm not from here. But why are you asking? And she goes, um, I'm from a different state. And just went, started going here for college, was super involved in my church, and then came to college. And I just haven't found the place to really um, like dig in and get involved in at a church and here in the area. And um, it was just an amazing conversation because she goes, I saw, I looked over and I saw you praying with that student. And she goes, I thought to myself, people still do that in public. Wow. Like they're still willing to pray in public. And, um, she just said, I looked at you and I thought to myself, man, I miss what I used to have be a huge part of my life and I need that back. And so um, not like a wow me moment or anything, because I don't think I was doing anything out of the normal that I would have done with any other student, but just that God would have placed her next to us in that moment was just kind of like a cool thing. I came home to my husband. And I was like, I got to tell you about this. <laughs> and so it was, it was great because I connected her with like a Chi Alpha because we have a strong Chi Alpha at that college and um, everything like that. So it was just a cool kind of God moment that then I texted the student who's like trying to reach her friends. And I'm like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like you were part of something right here by meeting in Panera and it wasn't in your school and it wasn't a teenager, but it was a student at a college that it was impacted just by us having a conversation and praying with each other. So kind of a cool, amazing moment that I, that's, that's amazing. I think um, we do a great job overcomplicating this thing called life. And yeah. Um, I think the simplicity of what you just shared is what makes it so beautiful. And I think you alluded to it. I didn't do anything special is basically what you're saying. Like, <laughs> like I didn't stand on the table and shout it. Um, Kelly was just being Kelly who loves Jesus and praying with a student. And what's cool is that you and I are both youth alive missionaries and you get to serve in Minnesota. I get to serve in Wisconsin and Northern Michigan and, um, I had an interesting moment the other day meeting with a pastor in a Starbucks and mm. I was like, Hey, I'd love for you to believe in this mission with me. And you know, those types of meetings, Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would love your prayers and your financial support and, <laughs> um, because prayer is powerful and, uh, uh, money puts food on the table. And yeah. so, you know, he was just a gracious pastor and he's, so encouraging and he was aware of you know my wife's health journey and so at the end of a very good hour-long conversation at the starbucks about life and youth alive he's like hey let's pray i was like cool so he praised the most awesome prayer um i was i was encouraged as as i listened to his faith and then he's like amen we stand up 
you know, do the handshake into the hug, two pats, because that's how guys hug, you know, it's the <laughs> handshake. and then sometimes it's three, because if a guy gets to the third pat, he's telling you, I am done. And <laughs> so as we're leaving, there's a woman sitting up against the, the wall at her own table, and she pivots towards us and she she reaches and she she kind of leans in our way she goes excuse me hey um I don't mean to be nosy but I heard you guys were talking about students in in Jesus what organization is that and so <laughs> and that moment the, you freeze you're like uh <laughs> well I was like well let's talk and so I grabbed the a chair opposite her at her table now the pastor went on with his day and for the next hour right there i got to have a great conversation with a complete stranger uh who is just following jesus as a mom of mm. littles and uh trying to just walk with the lord as closely as she can and it was so encouraging because i didn't do anything special that day wow i just showed up just like you, you just showed up mm -hmm. and you did uh, what you knew you needed to do. And this is what I love about walking with Jesus. Like it's literally um, super on top of natural. Yeah. Like, God is literally the cream filling in the two Oreo cookies. Like, <laughs> you know, Oreos yeah. would be awful without the cream filling. I mean, let me, <laughs> yep. let me just say, but you know, those two, you know, Oreo cookies, which are good, right? They're good. But it's that cream filling in the middle. That's the best. That, that makes it worth eating, in my opinion. So um, I'm celebrating that moment with you, Kelly. And I'm believing for more moments like that for you and for everyone who's listening too. like, let's keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Let's be faithful. And let's never underestimate the power of just showing up and doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think um, I'm in a season of, of practicing some very deep disciplines in my life that sometimes as a doer, I lack. Um, and so, cause I'm all about production and how much I can produce and get done. And so sometimes um, like waiting on the Lord is a little, is a little hard for me you know, or, or, uh, hearing his voice and responding and being obedient. And, uh, I just feel like God's just like, you need to invite me into your life more often instead of like, I mean, I have a very busy life with four kiddos, two in hockey ministry. My husband's a construction contractor. Like our, our lives are very busy. And so, um, just like when I'm in the grocery store, like my, my best friend could be standing next to me and I'm unaware because I'm in a zone of mm -hmm. like get things done. And, um, I was just, I was in a hotel room and I was like getting ready, um, packing my suitcase. And I, this thing caught my car and you see it in hotel rooms. It's like, this room was cleaned by so-and-so-and-so-and-so and, so and, so and, so and they signed their names. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know, went past and God's like, why don't you just write on a piece of paper that like, you're going to pray for those two this morning really quick. I just want you to pause, pray for them and let them know that they were prayed for this morning. And I was like, I don't got time for this. Like I'm, I'm in a hurry. I got to get to a speaking event. And, um, God's like, no, like, you're going to speak about this this morning. Like, don't, don't speak about it unless you're going to live it. Whoa. And I was like, Oh, God, yeah. don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I was like, fine. And so then I was like, I don't even got paper to write on. So I was like, oh God, I don't have paper. I kept doing my stuff. He's like, seriously, mm. you can find paper. Yep. And so I was like, oh. so I went and found paper and I'm like writing on the back of your card envelope. And, nice. um, and then I'm like, there's no pens. Like this hotel doesn't have a single pen sitting out anywhere. <laughs> and I was like, God, I don't have a pen. Like this, you're making this hard. And so I was like, forget about this. Like, I don't, I don't have a pen. I already put my pen away that I was writing with in my journal. And he's like, seriously, go dig in your purse. You know, one's in there. And I was like, you know, come on. So I went and dig in my purse, wrote the note. And it's like, um, just like moments like that, where I feel like God's just like, can you just invite me into your everyday life? And I was at a grocery store yesterday and this guy's coming to me with like hand with, um, you know, brown, uh, grocery bags, like the paper grocery bags. So there's no handles. He's holding like this. He's walking straight to, towards the car and I'm right next to his car. And I'm like looking at him, looking at his car and I see him going right for it. And I was like, I could just keep walking. Cause I have a very limited amount of time to get what I need to done. But I was like, Hey, your arms are really full. Do you want me to open up your door? Yeah. And he looked at me. He's like, that is incredibly nice of you, but it's okay. I've got it. Cool. And I said, yeah, no problem. He goes, but seriously, that was very kind of you and considerate. And I was like, does this not happen in everyday life anymore? Where people just, we don't, I don't think we look at our surroundings and think, man, if I, if I could help this person, I could probably do that. And so just, I feel like I'm just trying to have my eyes, my Holy Spirit eyes <laughs> open sure. up and aware of what my yeah. surroundings are a little bit more. I think Mark Batterson, um, he, he's a prolific writer and a mind that I just respect so much. And he's got a quote and it's more of a prayer and a heart cry. Like God, my, may I never be educated, educated beyond the level of my obedience. Wow. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, my life, um, live up to all of the good truth that you've trusted me with. And there's something powerful there and because life doesn't always go the way that we want it to right and sometimes you and i find ourselves in tough moments and mm -hmm. as we're chatting today are there any moments in your life that come to mind where you're like man that was really tough and i really wish god wouldn't have let that happen <laughs> yeah oh um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, probably, um, one that probably just sticks out to me the most is, um, oh, it's hard to remember back, um, in 2013, um, I had had my first kiddo read and <clears throat> he was eight, nine months old. And I got a really hard call from my mom and my dad saying my mom had been diagnosed with breast cancer. <clears throat> and, you know, we had this conversation and it was good. It was a good chance. It was going to be, you know, you know, taken care of. It wasn't going to affect her life. Like it was, they were going to do a biopsy. And so, um, you know, like we're all like, yeah, we're going to pray. We're going to have faith, you know, for healing and that this isn't going to like shorten her lifespan. And, um, she went in for surgery and <clears throat> coming out of surgery, she had a little bit hard time coming out of that um, anesthesia. And, uh, uh, after that, we just kind of realized that something was a little bit different about my mom mm. and, uh, her, her, she didn't like, she didn't have excitement or joy to do things that she had always done. And, um, then she kind of, uh, just, there were some things in her, like, 
mannerisms or behavior that just were just kind of different at first, like frustrating. Cause you're like, come on, like what's going on with you? Like, tell me what's happening. And, um, then we just noticed like she was having some problems with her, like, um, eye movement a little bit and some of her uh, body movement. And so we decided to, and swallowing and speech a little bit. And so we decided to take her into a Mayo clinic here in Minnesota and did that. And uh, I was the the youngest of four. I was the one who went with my parents to Mayo. And I remember sitting in like uh, MRIs, CT scans, um, spinal taps, all these different things. And I remember just sitting in the corner of an MRI, just like crying in the corner while my mom is stuck in a tube. And I can hear this like machine just pounding away, taking images and thinking and like just praying in the corner and crying and being like, I don't know what I would do without my mom right now as a, at that time in life, as a um, 24, 25 year old person, I was very like shook mm -hmm. and um, to sit in a doctor's office and get a diagnosis of PSP, which is like a rare form of Parkinson's okay. um, and hearing my mom at an average would have like eight years left of her life. Um, that was incredibly hard to just hear. And then um, I had driven separate from my parents. And so at the end of that whole entire time in May, all those few days, um, I hopped in a car to go meet my husband and my, my parents went home. And I remember I was in the car and I was like praying down the heavens. Mm. And I was promising God, like every part of my life, Yeah, I was like, I will never stop, um, like praising you for mm -hmm. the healing of my mom. I will never stop sharing the gospel. I will. And I was like, I was literally bartering with God. I was yeah. like, you know, like no more kids in my life. You don't want me to have them. I'll give up anything for this. Like, and, um, I was like having an all out screaming match, crying. If anyone was driving by me in my car, they were probably like, this lady's crazy because I'm crying <laughs> and I'm like hitting my steering wheel, like shaking my yeah. fist in the air. And I'm like, God, come on. Like my mom is a woman of prayer. My mom is a woman of the word of God. And um, like just, yeah, that's just who she is. She's a woman that when people talked um, about her at her funeral, it's just like one of those things where people say her laugh. And so when you say um, your laugh, like it brings me to tears because I, if I could have my mom's laugh, yeah. enjoy it brought so many people. It was so good. And, um, but I remember just being in this car and just crying out to God and just I'm like, I will pray. I will fast. I will do whatever I can. And finally, at the end of like probably a couple hours, I just calmed down and I was like, I have nothing else to say. And then I ended it with this. And I was like, but God, if you don't heal her, I know you're still faithful. And then that's when like all the, the, the floodgates of my tears just came down because yep. ultimately like I could barter with God. I could beg God, but he already know, knew the outcome of what was going to happen. And I had to be okay with the healing, but I also had to be okay with the not physical he healing here on earth. Yeah. And um, for the next, <clears throat> you know, 
six years, we watched my mom's health decrease substantially to the point of her not being able to care for herself. We were all feeding her. Um, and uh, it came down to a point of us being at a family reunion, me and my siblings or family vacation. And we were going to have to talk about putting my mom in a nursing home and like something my mom, if she ever went to a nursing home, she'd leave saying, God, take me before I get here. Yeah, right, I, right. Don't, I don't want to be here. If um, my mind or my body's gone, take yeah. me. It's not worth <laughs> being here anymore. Like mm-hmm. heaven is better. <laughs> and as a child, I'd be like, mom, don't say those things. Like I need you. But, um, so we were going to have to sit down and have this conversation. And we just knew like my dad was fully taking care of my mom, but, uh, we were getting ready on vacation to kind of just knowing this conversation was having my dad is my mom's sole take caretaker. And you can just see my dad is exhausted. I mean, he's getting her up, showering her, bathing her, clothing her, feeding her. And feeding with my mom at that point was like taking an hour. Um, And so it was a lot for him. And as we were knowing this conversation was going to happen, went to bed one night, woke up to my dad um, crying out. She's gone on our family vacation. And uh, my mom passed away. And it was incredibly hard. But at the same time, like God's hand through the ending of it all of us being there, my dad not being by himself when my mom passed away um, was so such a God thing. And um, for her to pass away before COVID happened um, was just like a huge thing because my like my uh, my mom's disease was not going to kill her. What what makes people pass away from PSP is the side effects, which is like pneumonia, which is, you know, choking or some of those types of things. And so, um, if she would have gotten sick during COVID, my dad just would have probably, you know, have blamed himself or had, had sheltered himself so much to protect her. And so, um, yeah, it's hard. It's so incredibly hard just to see my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so many amazing God moments that happened over those times to see my nieces, my nephews, my siblings, our, our spouses at Christmases, lay hands on my mom, anoint her with oil, pray for her. Um, just a, just a lot of cool God moments that happen, but it's definitely challenging. It's definitely hard. And, um, I mean, it's my mom, but also I'm sure it's so much harder for my dad to see the person you've just spent, you know, they're going to celebrate their 55th coming up, um, like the next year. Wow. So there, yeah. there's so many things uh, that jump to mind, uh, but your honest moment with God uh, in prayer, where you really, you know, you began the discussions and the negotiations with him. And I think it's so important that we all get to a place where we realize that God doesn't owe any one of us a standard of living. Um, he doesn't owe any one of us a specific um, path. Yeah. He is the path. And I, I just appreciate your honesty and your candor and the beauty of your your very painful um, experience. Um, as we kind of transition and come to the end of our conversation, like who are you? Who are you proud of today? Oh man, um, I have to say, I'm proud of I'm proud of my husband. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm proud of my husband because he controls this crazy household and Mm -hmm. 
he deals with the craziness of ministry, which we both absolutely love, but uh, ministry can be so incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm proud of him because he's a contractor and contractors lives are um, late hours, long hours can be many of them work over the weekends, but he always makes our family a huge priority. And so I'm proud of him for what he does and that he, um, he's never afraid to say, I love you. And he ends every single night with our kids where, or parents that lay with our kids in bed before bedtime. Um, but every single night went before he lays with any kid, he just continues to tell them how incredibly proud he is and the things he saw in them that day that he saw and noticed. And he's proud of him in those moments. And, um, yeah. He's, he's an encourager. He definitely keeps the laughter in our family. So I'm proud of him and just, because <laughs> sometimes this person does not have a lot. Of okay. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the smile you see is like, oh, I'm still alive, but I'm yeah. here. <laughs> so he keeps the jokes coming in our household. And that's just, I'm proud of him for what he keeps doing and that he runs a business and runs our household too. I love that. I love that. It it always warms my heart when um, you hear a spouse uh, really praise another spouse when they're not in the room. That I think is such a rich and uh, powerful moment of of blessing. Um, And so I know it's just awesome. I love that. And Kelly, I've loved this conversation. I'm grateful uh, for your, your story. You're living a great story and at the end of all of our lives i think that's the best that we can all hope for is that we would just honor god and and live a great story and i'm cheering you on i'm excited for what's next and coming on the pipe for you for you your family and um, i want to say thanks for making the time to chat today oh thank you thank you so much for having me dan you're just an awesome person and i love your heart and You and Marlene are amazing people. So thank you for inviting me into this space today. Wow. Uh, Kelly has given you and I so much to consider as she honestly and transparently shared her story about navigating tragedy and then just the realness of how she shared how in her daily desire to walk closer with her creator, um, she sometimes uh, has moments that you and I also have. And I just want to encourage you today to keep it really simple. Know that God is absolutely for you. He's got good plans for your life. And they start with you giving him your life. So keep up the good work in your life and stay close to Jesus. If you want to learn more about Kelly and what she's doing in Minnesota with Youth Alive, check out the show notes. You can find out ways to support her and discover all that God is doing through her ministry. And then I shared a little bit of information on the book that's coming. It is coming fast, and I cannot wait to share that with you and the rest of the world. There are 11 life-changing videos that are included with the book that everybody who gets their copy of the book will have free access to those videos. And if you want more information, find me on the socials, Dan underscore Herod on the Instagram, Dan Herod on Facebook. I'm looking for people to help me launch the book. So if that's you, if you're interested, send an email to hopebetweenthelines at gmail.com.